The Icarus Complex Written, narrated and edited by Lyndon Cole Episode 21 It didn't look pretty, and although the pain isn't something I can ever properly describe to you, the shock and the state I was in was more alarming to me than anything else. I screamed out again and again, and pleaded desperately to those on looking for help, as if hoping one of them could turn back the last five minutes and stop it from ever happening. Please, somebody help. David and another guy rushed over. The latter seen the full extent of my injury up close and personal, and then retched and ran off again to be sick. Honestly, I can't look. I think I might throw up. David, however, sat with me and tried to reassure me. Don't worry, mate. I'm here. Reminding me that everything was going to be okay. You're gonna be all right. Letting me know at regular intervals that the ambulance were on their way. The ambulance should be here soon enough, all right? I promise you. Once I'd gotten over the disbelief and stopped screaming, I just stared at my leg in amazement, and all manner of thoughts flashed through my brain. Why had it happened? Was it really as bad as it looked and felt? Would I ever be able to walk again? The reactions of those stood around made me worry more, and soon I became increasingly restless and irritable. David sensed this and quickly found some jackets and covered up my leg so I wouldn't be able to look at it and told me to rest. Let me just cover this up for you. You don't need to be looking at this right now. I looked at him whilst he rushed around, trying to make me comfortable. And for the first time in five months since I'd known him, I could see he was close to tears. There was no doubt he was genuinely upset, and his face was a mixture of failure and disappointment. I'm really sorry, Liam. He later told me he felt responsible. I feel like this is all my fault. Because he'd been the one who'd thrown me the ball and substituted me. I should never have taken you off and then none of this would have happened. Which meant I was stood on the sidelines getting cold and not ready to play a game so soon. But I knew I couldn't blame him for that. I'd had a rotten evening, and maybe if I had not been taken off in the first game, things might have been different. But who was ever to really know? 
the ambulance service turned up quicker than expected, and the paramedic confirmed that I had indeed suffered a rather bad dislocated knee, but not a break as I first suspected. Oh, yeah, that's quite a nasty dislocation you've got there, fella. But don't worry, we're going to look after you, okay? Whilst it was a relief, hearing the news officially was dejecting. I remember thinking about a friend I knew growing up who'd had a short-lived tennis career because his shoulder constantly dislocated after a bad accident he'd had. That's not to say I wanted a football career. It's not at all what I'm saying. But I did love running. And if I could expect a dislocation to happen during every bit of physical activity, then I was in for a difficult time. Whilst the paramedics decided their next steps and how it would be best to move me, I was given nitrous oxide for pain relief, but also to make me more comfortable. I'd never had nitrous oxide before, otherwise known as laughing gas, and it most certainly did what it said on the tin, because soon I forgot about my leg and its awkward condition, and was laughing and cracking jokes with those around me. I even had the nerve to actually blame David, quite sarcastically for what happened, and said that if he agreed with the guy who called me a black seaward, he didn't have to show it by trying to injure me too. Yeah, hey, listen, I've just had a, um, just had a fall, you know. About what? Well, I didn't, um, I didn't realise you and that guy were friends. What guy? <laughs> what do you mean, what guy? The guy who called me the Black Sea Word. <laughs> what are you on about, Liam? I've never met him before. Oh, so you don't know him then? No, no, of course not. Well, it's funny though, because, well... I thought you two were a bit of a double act. What? You know, he'd racially abuse me and then you try and injure me. Mate, are you having me on? It's not how it works, no? No, no way. How could you think that? Well, that's how it looks, eh? Seriously, tell me you're joking, please. Do I look like I'm joking? Listen, if you don't want me around next time, just say you'd have to go. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm fucking I'm fucking in you, man. Oh, my leg. He saw the funny side to that, as did everyone else around us. And each time I laughed, it would be so hard that I would jolt, causing myself further pain, therefore inhaling more gas. It was a vicious cycle, and it got so repetitive that I had to be told to slow down on my intake. Once the effects had worn off, I lost my jovial nature and then it was replaced with sentimentality and a sudden need to tell everyone how much I cared about them. Whether I meant it, I can't possibly say, but the dulcet tones of... David, I just want to say to you that I think you're a really good guy, you know. And... Please, just... Just let me speak. Um, just want to say thank you for everything that you... you do for me. It wasn't though half as bad as me demanding and ordering David to call Isabella to let her know what happened too. Isabella? What for? It came as a shock to him because after months of denial, I'd finally shown my hand. 
I had indirectly let my secret feelings for Isabella be known to my boss. And it was a bit of a rookie mistake, to be honest. Um, yeah, about that. It's never a good idea to shit on your own doorstep anyway. And there's nothing worse than your boss being privy to such information. Please, David, for me. Regardless, though, he could see I was serious. Okay, well, this has... This has come as a bit of a surprise, to be honest. And once we'd shared a silent look of acknowledgement, he did exactly as I asked, as if acting out my last dying wish. Isabella, it's David. Yeah, I'm okay. You? Okay, good. Look, sorry to bother you, and don't ask me why, but Liam's asked me to ring you. He's had an accident and dislocated his knee. What? Yeah. Playing football, yeah. Well, yes. Uh-huh. Um, French, eh, I think. Right. Well, yeah. Uh-huh. Right, okay. I'll let him know. Yeah, okay, will do. See ya. Retrospectively, what I asked David to do was completely unnecessary and I'm unsure what I planned to achieve by informing Isabella, because it wasn't as if her and I were an item, or she was my next of kin. I guess I was more concerned with how she would feel knowing I'd been hurt, because I knew I'd have been devastated or worried had something ever happened to her and not been told. David passed on Isabella's well wishes. And as trivial and as insignificant they may have been, it made me smile and feel at ease. There wasn't anything she could do, but knowing she was concerned about me was enough to put my mind at rest. And also put aside any anxiety or worries I had. I was even more taken aback when he said she'd asked where I'd be going and then stated she would meet me at Frenchy Hospital. A part of me wasn't too keen on the girl I liked seeing me in a hospital bed, but she wanted to see me, and I wanted to see her all the same, and was appreciative of that. It gave me incentive, something to look forward to, and when the paramedics lifted me up onto the stretcher to put me into the ambulance, my knee popped back into place. I was so excited about Isabella, and still likely high on laughing gas, I wasn't even aware that it happened. Even though my leg was how it was supposed to be, I still couldn't walk, and I was rushed away to hospital for further diagnosis. Alex, Leon and Joe were also called prior to my arrival and they too met me at the hospital to offer me support and to eventually take me home. 
the docs confirmed again had suffered quite a nasty dislocation because all the muscles and ligaments around my left knee were weak. It was just an accident waiting to happen and they said I'd be off my feet for at least two months with another month of physiotherapy to ensure that my muscles were strengthened so that it could or would never happen again. Everyone, including Isabella, made a terrible fuss of me whilst I was there. And any other time I would have been totally against it. But I knew better than to argue. I was given a leg brace that I had to wear for the remainder of my rehabilitation and then was told to rest. Joe and Isabella studying physiotherapy and adult nursing respectively, drew up a rotor between them when everyone were taking turns to look after me as if I was a complete invalid. And my ego wouldn't allow for it at first, but deep down I knew I needed all the help I could get. Furthermore, it was touching knowing that I was cared for by all of them, and throughout my recovery, I remained humble and compliant. I'd never been in a position before where I had to rely on anyone other than myself or my parents for anything. So having that family and Isabella at my metaphorical beck and call was hard to accept initially. None of them were obligated to do anything for me or take time out of their busy schedules, but they all went over and above and it's not something I will ever, ever forget. The next three months were tough though, and it took some getting used to, not being able to move around as freely as I would have liked. But also under constant surveillance from Wendy and my friends, even if I'd wanted to, or been able to sneak out, I would have been stopped or rebuked for doing so. It would have also been very stupid and reckless, but being cooped up in the house was not ideal, and at times I was miserable and ratty. I obviously had to take time off work too, but after the third week of being stuck at home, I changed my mind and asked David to let me come back in. Even if it meant being sat on a chair at a counter, instead of being stirred or walking around. Please, David, just let me work. I'm going crazy at home. I don't know, mate. Are you sure that's a good idea? He reluctantly agreed. And that pretty much became my life and routine until I was better and back to full recovery. Once the first two months had passed, Joe took charge of my physiotherapy sessions permanently. And Isabella continued to provide the company when she could and I was back to my relatively normal self in no time at all. By the time I turned 21 in May, three weeks had passed since my knee had healed. But I still had issues getting over what happened. I'd still yet to kick a ball, for fear of having another accident and it was hard trying to arrange to go out for my birthday as I was worried being around large groups of people would leave me in danger of being pushed over. Listen, man, 
I hear you. I really appreciate it, don't get me wrong, but I'm just not offering this year. But as Adam, Alex and the gang rightly advised, becoming 21 was a milestone. And I would only be 21 once. Liam, come on, buddy. It's your 21st birthday. You've got to do something for it, mate. That being said, I don't know whose stupid idea it was to suggest that we all go paintballing as part of my celebration too. But it actually proved to be the tonic I needed to regain my confidence back. There's just something about running through the woods and being shot at that can make you overcome some of your deepest psychological hang-ups. And it wasn't long after that day before I agreed to play for David's team again. Although I wasn't the same player. And once I realised this, I was very, very hard on myself. I didn't expect I'd be hesitant and wasteful. And a lot of my snapshots, risks, tackles, and the audacious skill attempts I would have taken months before seemed far out and impossible to me. Flipping hell, man. What's going on? I wasn't as agile as I used to be. And I was pretty sure I'd lost a yard of my pace too. I certainly didn't believe I was held in high regard by the guys anymore. No matter how hard I tried. I'd become complacent and lazy and taken my place in the team for granted when I was in full fitness. So once the going got tough and I really had to try it, I just couldn't handle the pressure. I was just like everyone else in the group. Used goods. Yeah, I played today, but I was awful, man. I was shit. I don't know what's going on with me. I just felt really off at the moment. The same feeling applied to my relationship with Isabella. We saw a lot of each other and had become really close since my accident. But once I was better, I saw less of her and we became noticeably distant. We still worked together on occasion, but with no reason to be around me as much once I recovered, I felt like old news. Hey Isabella, it's me again. Um, yeah, uh, hope you're okay. I uh, haven't heard from you in a little while, um, but just wanted to check if our, um, well, if we're still meeting up on Friday. Um, yeah, so if you could get back to me and let me know. That'd be great. Um, take care. Bye. She started to see Shane more, as he jetted in at every chance he could to see her. And every day that I text or called her, with no response back, my feelings for her dwindled. By the time the summer was over and September arrived, I had all but forgotten about her and made the decision to move on because I finally accepted I'd been chasing the lost cause. Although I still believed I was something special and sought after by many, she had a hold over me that I could not contend with. Listen, I, I like her, don't get me wrong. I can, I'll admit that, but... It's just not worth it anymore, man. Like, she barely talks to me anymore. I wouldn't have dared treat her like previous girls before her. I couldn't ignore her, even if I wanted to because I had too much respect for her. 
and because of this undivided respect and affection I had towards her, it was clear I was not thinking straight. She may well have been out of my league, and unattainable or not, I could no longer allow myself to put my heart into it 100%, when it most certainly looked like I was going to come off second best. For all the time we shared together, led next to each other, in friendly embraces and watching TV, if nothing had happened for all that, then it never would, and I had to accept it, as hard as it was. Yeah, you're right. I'll just, um... Consolatory, I was due to start back at uni in a few weeks and studying a degree that would be predominantly girls. And although none of them would seemingly be Isabella, that didn't matter. Because the next three years... <laughs> yeah, man. I was going to blow them away. <laughs> 